Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm probably Carly. Yeah, but you won't know for sure. Y'all, I'm just so dedicated to this show that I got myself coronavirus so that I could compare my symptoms to Robin and Cody's symptoms this episode. But it's not really I'm kidding. Coronavirus. I don't have COVID. I have a cold. It's Cody's version of coronavirus, if it is that. It's one where you don't test positive, <laughs> but you just feel it in your bones that you do have it. So bear with us. I've got my emotional support tissue. I've got a cough drop. And we're going to get through this together. So welcome to Season 17, Episode 13, Coronapocalypse. Well, that was weird having you read it. Was it weird? Well, I've got the TLC description for you, too. So I'll just go right into that. Now that Christine has left the family, big problems with Cody and Janelle's marriage bubble to the surface. Before they can address them, however, Cody and Robin both get COVID-19. Robin ends up in the hospital wondering if she's going to survive. She was the only person wondering if she was going to survive. I guess aside from Cody. And her children that she scared to death before she left. Y'all, this episode was hit after hit after hit. It got worse and then it got worse again. And then they leveled up again. How could you surpass this? They were doubling down. That's just what was going on. I'm very excited to talk about this episode. We did not watch it together, so this is going to be the first time we've actually discussed the episode. Right, and apologies for the delay on the episode. Sunday ended up being a pretty long travel day for me. And if you think that this voice is bad right now, you should have heard it yesterday. Well, and mine wasn't really that much better either. I was walking around 
smoky casinos all week. <laughs> I didn't believe Corey when he answered the phone. I thought that someone stole his phone. Yeah, I did so good on roulette that somebody came and stole my phone. <laughs> I've got a little episode rewrite. Let's hear it. The Shira Chateau becomes a COVID-19 field hospital. Robin takes to her deathbed. Janelle gets dumped over salad and breadsticks. Cody calls Mary for eyeliner tips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no. Yeah, the eyeliner. I had a note about that, too. The salad thing just jarred my memory of how Cody tried to break up with Mary over salad one time. Oh, right. After the divorce. Yes. That was her treat was she got taken out for half price salads and breadsticks. I think you had to buy a soda. So he really <laughs> sprung for that. We'll talk about it with the lemons <laughs> on the table in this episode. What was the second line in that description? Because the field hospital, that got me too. But what was the second one? Robin takes to her deathbed. That's it. It was the Civil War photo. We should have Dayton standing by her bed and take a photo. Because we... <laughs> That's why Cody was so upset no one was allowed in the hospital with her. He wanted to take his bedside photo. That one last tin type photo. Oh, well. Have you seen on TikTok the trend where you have to answer things that would make a Victorian child faint or like pass out? No, I haven't been on TikTok in about a week. <laughs> I feel like we have to do that with Robin. It wouldn't take much, I don't think. Before we get into the announcements, we do have a voicemail from one of our Legal Wives on Patreon, Caitlin. Hi, Corey and Carly. This is Legal Wife Caitlin. Uh, I had a question about what you think Janelle might have been referring to last week when she said she knows that a lot of money has gone out that could have paid off the property but hasn't. I'm wondering if we're at that point in the timeline where it was connected around the same time as when Cody and Robin took out the second mortgage on the Shira Chateau. And if so, do we think they're connected? What do we think the second mortgage was about? Or what was the money that Janelle is referring to? I'm just curious if they're all connected and looking for your thoughts on this possible conspiracy. Thank you. Love the podcast. Bye. Caitlin, 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 we have been talking about this on the Discord on Patreon because I think you're talking about the money that mysteriously disappeared from the family account. The hole in the bottom of the bucket that just keeps draining out of the family account. I do think this episode revealed where some of that money went when we got an inside look at the Shira Chateau. And I have quite a list later of things that I spotted during the episode. So we will get to that. We'll have to reference that. Yeah. But was this around that same time when Cody and Robin took out a second mortgage or refinanced on the house? So the interesting thing, it was actually a home equity line of credit for $130,000. They took that out at the end of November 2021. So right now in filming, we're in October 2021. What is suspicious about that amount of money is that is the same amount of money that Janelle made in profit from the sale of her house in Vegas. That's where we get a little suspicious because it sounds like it might be Janelle asking for a buyout. Cash me out. Get me out of here. Has Janelle had enough? Has she up and left the family and demanded payment for her departure? They also took it out as like an emergency loan too, that it needed to be, I guess, done quickly. The I don't know if the Shira Chateau, we did see it had some damage in this episode, so. I don't know if it was $130,000 worth of damage, but there were definitely some repairs that needed to be done around there. They're not maintaining or upkeeping, clearly. But I think it's just a little odd that it would be the exact amount that Janelle made in 
her house sale in Las Vegas. And we know that she said that she gave at least half of it to Robin to put the down payment on the Shiraz Chateau. She was one of all of the wives who chipped in for Robin's down payment. <laughs> so, you know, you just got a big old conspiracy web that's just building. I guess we'll see if they ever address anything about that money. Probably not. But it would be interesting because it would mean that they would uh, be making some big decisions pretty soon here. I don't know. They might end up talking about it on the show. I've been surprised. There was a lot of discussion, a lot of things that were said in this very episode that I was surprised to be hearing on air. Yeah, and they have been like very open about finances, whereas they're usually pretty vague. But yeah, just spilling the tea in season 17. Oh, they're still vague, but it's just more so about relationship issues between the wives. But thank you for the voicemail, Caitlin. Remember, if you're one of our legal wives on Patreon, over at patreon.com slash survivingpod, you can use our super secret call-in number and get your voice heard on the podcast. So you can chime in with a question, throw out an imaginary scenario that you would like Carly and myself to weigh in on, or ask us deep-cut trivia (laughs) in the Sister Wives universe. We're up for anything here, just like Cody's cameo. You can do that over on patreon.com slash surviving pod. And remember, every dollar you pledge there just makes us a little bit more successful than my sister wife's closet. One more quick reminder about the Patreon. Right now, our rewatch recaps of all of season nine are on the public feed. Those are going to be moving onto Patreon on December 11th. So listen away before then. Otherwise, you can catch them over on Patreon along with seasons one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And now nine. That's crazy, isn't it? That's a lot. We've gone through a lot of the content, but there's still plenty more to cover. Two more quick announcements. The first, I need to issue a redaction or a correction for last week's episode when I majorly fucked up McKelty and Tony's baby's names. Oh, my. I reversed the name, the first name that matched with the correct middle name. So I don't know why you would, I guess you might need this for Sister Wives trivia, but... The correct baby names are Ace McCord and Archer Banks. And I have to say, Archer McCord, what I thought it was, I really am in love with that one. Our villain, our superhero villain. He'd be a superhero and a villain? Maybe. Yeah, it depends on when you come into the story, I guess. But Archer McCord, that sounds like a utility device of some kind. That's the incorrect name. I know. I, oh, I'm clarifying. Clear. Yeah, the one that you've made up sounds like a utility device. <laughs> I got some messages, so just want to make sure that I issue a correction and everyone has the right information. You can go update your one-star podcast reviews for <laughs> us being so wildly uninformed about the show, even though we've been right on 99% of all of our other information we provided on the podcast. It's a copy-paste error from Instagram. <laughs> I didn't even double-check it because I'll be honest with you, I don't really care. <laughs> I'll be completely honest. I don't know these people. There's no impact on my life. I haven't reviewed any content with them yet, so I don't know their names. I don't know these people. I hope McKelty listened to the episode and was like, what the fuck, (laughs) you dumb bitch? (laughs) It's only fair that we fuck stuff up, so then they can make fun of us. And a big congratulations to Gwen and her girlfriend, B, who got engaged last week. Well, I guess it was over Thanksgiving, right? Something like that. Visit her Patreon for more information. There's a whole proposal video. You could see the rings. I just hope, in Robin's words, that she saved it for the cameras. 
Well, I guess she did because the camera literally. <laughs> well, yeah, filmed. she had that. All she right. didn't save it for the sister wife's cameras, though. So Robin's a little disappointed. She'll make sure that, that uh, she'll make sure she hands the video over to the film crew. It's actually the best advice that Robin's probably ever given anybody. You're going to take your top off. Make sure you get the money first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, let's get this pony in the water because we have a lot to talk about. So just to get you up to speed here, it's been just over a month with Christine being gone. So we're due for some 50-50 visitation time here because it's been a month. Cody's still trying to figure out this whole truly thing. It's super important to him, obviously. That's why it's taken about four weeks, 30 some odd days to arrange a visit where this child is being dropped off at his primary residence. I think she did get out of the truck. I think he picked her up. Okay. Probably from somewhere close by. He definitely did not go to Utah. Oh, he didn't go to Utah. No. <laughs> Least friendly state in the union. <laughs> she's not sure how long she's going to stay. She didn't bring any pajamas. She didn't want to give Cody any ideas that she might be staying overnight. Yeah, don't overcommit here. Let's go. Let's feel the vibe. Let's check the energy in the room and see how we feel. Because as soon as she walks in, Saul and Ari are upon her. Ari especially. Well, I think we saw her attack truly in the way that she attacked that other small child the first day of kindergarten. Latched on. And then I like how Cody's expertise of being a father just equates to giving his daughters shirts. <laughs> because that's essentially <laughs> that's essentially what happens here where Truly would not commit to the fact that she brought PJs. She's not sure if this is an overnight trip at all. But Cody just assumes that she's going to be staying. So she didn't bring PJs. Oh, that's all right. You'll just wear a big T-shirt. I felt like I was kind of annoyed by that because she said that she wasn't sure if she wanted to stay. And then right away, he's like, it's fine. We could give you a shirt. So it kind of felt like there was pressure in that he was not listening to what she wanted. Wasn't going to wait and see how she felt about it. It was just like, it's fine. We'll find you something to wear. We'll find you a rag somewhere that you could put on. <laughs> I'll find something to swaddle you with. You could sleep in the ashes under the fireplace, Cinderella. <laughs> yeah, it's just that's kind of Cody's go-to move. You can't be there for a daughter emotionally. Here's a big T-shirt. Can't go to surgery. Here's a shitty hoodie. You know, that's just the default position for him right now. Also, why is that her responsibility? You and Robin couldn't go to the store and buy her some clothes to keep at your house that she doesn't have to bring them back and forth. He doesn't know what size she wears. <laughs> I know. We know the answers to all we this, right? We already know this. He's a shitty dad. That's what's happening here. Did you like that Truly took a shot at him, though? Because Cody was mentioning that he has some work that he has to do. And Truly's like, work? What work? <laughs> <laughs> what work are you doing here, sir? What are you talking about, sir? We're working right now. The cameras are here. Minute work? <laughs> do you want to come check it out? No, not really. Anyway, Robin's complaining that there's just so much tension in the family right now. So having Truly here is just like a really nice sense of normalcy, which was odd because I don't think this is a normal situation for Truly. Well, that's what I was going to say was if this is normal, this is wildly overwhelming. Just the scene of they were trying to show Truly some books or Truly was showing them books that she's been reading and I was getting overstimulated. It's just absolute craziness. It's madness. Should we talk about the things that I spotted in the Shira Chateau? Oh, does that start? Does it's, your list start as early as right now? It starts as early as when Truly's coming up the driveway. Oh, my. Okay. I'll just yeah. go through the whole list since this kind of also answers Caitlin's question from earlier. 
All right, so things I spotted. Four camper chairs out by the front door. A hammock. A wooden box labeled fragile. 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 (laughs) A patriotic table runner. An Uncle Sam hat that's upside down, so it's a basket. And it's it's October? It's, well, it's maybe September, early October. It's somewhere in there. So like late Labor Day? A time that makes no sense for all of the patriotism that's going on. There's also an Uncle Sam figurine. Do you think Robin just appropriated all of the Americana crafting room decorations? She just (laughs) stole patriotism away from Mary? She's got to compete. She made that her thing now. She's competing with Mary now. Yeah. I don't know. If you looked, there is that little like piece of furniture out by the front door, and it was decorated up red, white, and blue, man. Looked like... (laughs) Looks like we were in Angela's house from 90 Day Fiance. Oh, God. There is a crock pot brand new in the box on the floor, which is interesting because there's also a very large family-sized Instapot in the box at the kitchen counter sitting on a stool. Okay. And then there's also a watermelon on the floor. Yes. The watermelon's over by the crock pot. There are also two giant amethyst crystal geodes. Hold on. I'm I'm back at the watermelon. Hold on. (laughs) Do you think Robin has tried to prepare a watermelon in a crock pot at any point? <laughs> what do you think the odds are on that? Hi. Recipe. Why was it on the floor? <laughs> Why do you have a watermelon in October? Has it been there since Labor Day? I'm like, is this Labor Day? What's happening? They moved after Labor Day, though, didn't they? Maybe they didn't. It was September. So beginning of September would be very early September. <laughs> this is very confusing. All right, the the crystals. Yeah, the crystals, though. Wow. These go for at least $500 a piece from my quick Google search. Upwards of thousands of dollars for each individual item. They're so big, they're on the floor. They're not like on a counter or anything. They're very large crystal geodes. Is that how you say it? They're minerals. Someone's going to attack me for that. They're minerals, Carly. (laughs) There is a shopping bag on the floor. First, I got excited. I thought it was from Victoria's Secret. This is starting to feel like a Price is Right showcase showdown where you're <laughs> listing off all these things and I'm going to have to guess the grand total amount. Oh, we should have done that. that of how much fine. money she's wasted. <laughs> wasted. <laughs> so it's not from Victoria's Secret. It is a children's place bag that looks like it is full of new clothes that Robin has shopped for Solly and Art. For Solly. <laughs> Solly and Art. <laughs> for Ari and Saul. None for Truly. None for Truly. Come get your oversized t-shirt pajamas. There's another bag on the floor too. It had some type of like wall art in it, but I couldn't tell what store it was from. So Robin has been a shopping and we wonder how she got COVID. Yeah, apparently she's not doing online shopping. There's a giant bean bag behind the couch. Very, very large. Is it a love sack? I don't know if it was. Like Christine's at her house? It looked like as big as that, but I don't know if it was the same, same kind. Wouldn't that be such a slight for Christine to give Robin and Cody her love sack before she moved? <laughs> she gave that to Janelle because Janelle has posted her dog sleeping in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Cody hates it. Oh, I'm sure he hates it. At least, I mean, it get, got the dog somewhere else. I don't know where it went. It clearly wasn't in the RV when she left, but <laughs> it had a temporary home, I guess. Got a storage unit that she said that there weren't any. Now, outside the house, because we get a lot of exterior shots during this episode, there appears to be what looks like a gumball machine that is covered 
but it, it looks like a gumball machine in front of the garage door. We know Robin loves a gumball machine going all the way back to Vegas. You look horrified, Corey. It's just... Uh... There's a. Do you doubt she would keep a gumball machine outside? No, I'm. I I'm questioning. There's so many questions at this point because it's why if you have this item and you like it and you enjoy it, why would you store it outside where it's exposed to the elements and it's probably gonna get all messed up? Because she'll just buy another one. Yeah, apparently she just goes through. Clearly, she just goes through these. She doesn't know you can buy replacement gumballs, so she uses them. <laughs> She does single-use gumball machines. <laughs> she has to order. Cody, we went through the... It was a busy weekend. And I went through all of the gumballs. The only thing that calms her anxiety. She's munching on gumballs. I can't get the lid open, so we'll need a new one. She's got it set up like... Uh, like the old milk carton <laughs> exchanges that you used to do where you'd leave the <laughs> you leave it out in front of the garage and the truck just comes by, picks up your empty gumball and leaves you a brand new one that's full to the brim. <laughs> There's a second hammock. There's one up on the balcony out by the the living room. Okay. How much downtime do you have to have to require Not one, but two hammocks in a house. Corey, the number of camping chairs, patio furniture, just generally chairs and seats for outside, along with the hammocks. Unbelievable. There's a lot. There's also a mini fridge outside. I don't know if you noticed that, but when they were back by Robin's, so the door that (laughs) when Robin was dressed up for Halloween later on. Halloween trick or treat. Uh, We'll wait for that reveal. But that door is the door to Robin's walk-in closet in her bedroom. For some reason, there's like a door that faces outside. Kind of weird. Well, the weirder thing is she's got like a mini fridge outside, outside the door. Mini fridge outside the door. Like the type of mini fridge you would have in your dorm, like a college dorm. But it's outside on the ground. A lot of things just on the ground (laughs) at this house. There's a fire pit. There's more chairs back there. Uh, we had Cody's shirt, which we'll talk about. That Cody's was weird. Cody's shirt, yes, because it definitely looked like the shirt that he wears in his confessional interviews, like any of his couch footage that he's talking to the producer during. That's what I spotted. You guys let us know what you were able to see that maybe I missed. Yeah, because basically every time we go into Robin's house, it's like, you remember those old books? Or was it the I Spy books? Like a highlights magazine? Well, kind of, but it was like these I Spy books where it was just a picture of a whole bunch of stuff. It would just be a ton of things. Maybe sometimes they're the same color and you have to like sort through and find stuff. But most of the time it's just a pile of like random little objects and it's like find the marble and then you had to like go and find it. You're playing I Spy with a bunch of different things on the page. And that's kind of what's going on at Robin's house. Yeah, And this was just like the actual things, right? Because then there were tons of boxes that I didn't bother to mention. But boxes everywhere. There's just stuff accumulated. So surprisingly, Truly's first stay over at Robin and Cody's was like the least interesting or important part of the episode. Because we got to shift gears here and go to Janelle and Cody. They've had a rough summer. Let's put it that way. Rocky at best. Okay, they've disagreed about COVID. They've disagreed about the trailer. It's been a lot. So Janelle has invited Cody to his very own Olive Garden intervention. Right, we're back at Fat Olives, where we had the last Olive Garden family intervention a few seasons back. 
I love that Janelle invites people here for serious conversations. So it starts out with something that doesn't seem that important for where we end up at the end of the conversation. She's concerned about Thanksgiving plans because her boys hate Cody at this point. But Maddie and Caleb want to come visit, which means like they're going to have to get everybody together. So she's trying to run this by Cody. Yeah, but I can't hear anything that anybody's saying in the conversation (laughs) because all I'm wondering is how many lemons is Cody going to twist into his water? There's a whole plate of them on the table, which we made mention of the last time they were here. Yes, we made fun of that. So now I'm questioning, does this place actually give you that many lemons or is Cody intentionally ordering just plates and plates and plates of lemons? I think it's Cody's behest. Did he have sugar packets? He's trying to make his own lemonade. Yeah, I think so. Maybe. Janelle's trying to be kind of smart about this. She's like, look, you know what? I'm going to go to North Carolina. I haven't been there in a long time for Thanksgiving since 2018. Basically, she's trying to sidestep the whole thing. That way she doesn't have to figure out how to make this work in Flagstaff. But then at the same time, she knows that if she does that, She's going to have to stay back here for Christmas in order to win favor with Cody and Robin because it's been a while since we've done a family holiday here, even though they did Christmas all together in 2020. A quid pro quo. He has to give one thing up, this for that. Anyway. That's not the only Latin you'll hear this episode. (laughs) It's not. It's not. I had to look up what they were talking about. Of course, now this sends Cody into a tirade because... He's not going to invite anyone over to his house for Thanksgiving who has animosity towards him or, more importantly, anyone he's connected to. Quote, unquote, which he means Robin. And Janelle knows he means Robin because she says it, too. She's no dummy. Just say what you mean at this point, dude. We're down another person. It's getting more and more obvious who you're talking about. (laughs) Because you're saying the same things in the same context that you have been. So we know that all of those other previous conversations were about Robin, too. We already knew that, but Cody, the man who doesn't hold grudges, is not going to let any of this stuff go unaddressed. No, he wants Garrison to apologize to him, because remember, Garrison called him and told him, I don't want anything to do with you anymore. Well, here's the thing. All of his sons owe him an apology, according to him. Garrison especially, though. Oh, boy. But this is where we get our little Latin break here. Oh, yeah. Janelle's clocking this right away. She's like, all right, I see what's going on here. He basically wants the boys to come kiss the ring and grovel back to Cody and more so Robin. And she knows her kids are not going to be doing that. The old mea culpa conversation, which is Latin for my fault. So you learned something today. (laughs) Thank you to the learning channel. Yes. (laughs) Cody's pissed that Robin was caught in the crosshairs, right? The crosshairs of COVID-19. And people were talking shit about her. And then we find out kind of what we knew happened from last season, right? Which is that Gabe and Garrison were calling and texting her and generally harassing or bullying her into trying to blame her or get her to admit that she had something to do with all the stuff that was going on with COVID and the protocols and the rules and not being able to get together. This is where Cody gives us a whole history lesson here. He had three wives before he even had kids. It's always been about the wives for him, obviously. His kids are just jealous. I was going to say it must be for the kids, too, because he goes right to saying, you know what? They're jealous of Robin, just like he's been accusing the wives of being jealous of Robin, being insecure. Now he says the kids were insecure and jealous of Robin because she joined the family. 
they saw her and her kids getting treated, not differently, but getting attention, and that that caused this jealousy to form. So Cody's going on a whole tirade here about the unwillingness to accept other members of the family, making amends, all these different things. And then we cut over to Robin to get her take on this because she has no idea (laughs) that Cody, he's doing what? To apologize to me? No, I didn't ask him to do that. That doesn't sound like Cody. (laughs) The man who just screamed at Christine a couple episodes ago for never giving Robin a chance and always being a jerk. But we find out that Cody's most valuable trait is loyalty. (laughs) Except for when it comes to Mary. Mostly, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the Fidelis is broken. No, if there's one person who has been loyal in this family, it has been Mary. She stands by and lets herself get treated like shit. And she stays here. Because she thinks there's some chance that he's going to change his opinion of her. Okay, so here's the problem. is Before she messed up with the catfish situation, the loyalty is a valuable thing. After the catfish thing, your unwavering loyalty to this person and this family now is just sad. Oh, I agree. Do you think he thinks it's sad? I think he doesn't respect her. We know respect's important. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. R-E-S-P-C-C-T's. <laughs> but I think for him, it's less appealing. It's not a good thing that Mary is still loyal after she wronged him so terribly. Well, he's going to float out a new deal for Janelle. Look, you start acting like Robin and you'll get the same treatment as Robin. That's what you get in exchange for loyalty with me. That was interesting because that's the first time that's been proposed and he never granted that offer to Christine. I think he did. It was like a long time back now. Maybe a long time ago. And I I don't think it was you start acting like Robin. Well, of course he didn't say that. Well, that's what I'm saying. He literally did say that to Janelle, essentially. Well, like we said, there's like no one else left to compare anyone to. So if he's talking about his loyal wife, he's not talking about Mary. You know, he's not talking about you because he's saying that you're not being loyal. So we know who that is now. But I just hate that he never says Robin's name during this. Well, that's the point where it's like, come on, dude. Like, we can all see through it. We know who you're talking about. She knows who you're talking about. Who do you think you're fooling? Well, and Janelle's just sick of it. This idea as well, too, the theory that Cody has that Robin is just so perfect and that she was treated so wrong when she entered the family. And now you have to apologize or there's going to be trouble. That was exactly what he was saying. Honestly, and then, well, I loved how Janelle was like, for what it's worth, it seemed like Robin was the one who kind of kept to herself. It wasn't necessarily us rejecting her. It's she didn't. She didn't go out of her way to mesh. She didn't extend that to us either. Which is kind of what we saw when you go back to Vegas, right? Because it seemed like Robin had some issues with the way that the other kids were being raised. And she didn't want her kids being raised by basically Christine, Janelle, and Mary, because she didn't like their parenting style. So she kept her kids over at her house with her nanny. And that was kind of it. Her army of nannies. That was like two or three. Yeah, two or three that she went through probably during that time. But has Janelle been listening to the podcast, though, you think? (laughs) Has production? Because now we're finally hearing all of these confirmations on the show. They're airing this. She's saying the things that we've been saying for years. There's a conspiracy theory for you. I like the part, too, where Cody starts confusing monogamy for polygamy again. He's mad that Janelle lives like a single woman. 
And it's like, well, yeah, but she kind of has to because you're never here. So it is kind of like she's a single woman. Yeah. So this was weird because it was like Cody got set off by Janelle asking if he would basically be as defensive of her if it was the other way around. And of course, anytime anyone brings up him favoring Robin or treating her differently, that just sets him off. And he gets like super aggressive and he leans in right into her face. And tries to intimidate her, in my opinion, and tells her, like what you said, you and I haven't been acting like a married couple for most of our marriage, Janelle. But this was what Janelle got confused about, as well as myself, because I thought that was the name of the game here. Independence was an expectation in polygamy, because the man's not around all the time. So you have to take care of your own house. You have to take care of your own things. Remember when they were moving and Christine was setting up a washer and a dryer on her own? She was busting out the tools Getting Robin moved into her rental in Lehigh. (laughs) Well, that's what's ridiculous about this, right? Because it worked for him until it didn't. It worked when it was convenient for him, when he didn't have to listen to their problems or help them with things. But now he's got to have something else to come after Janelle for, because this is what we've been seeing him do one by one with each wife. He has some major accusation against them that he comes after them for. And then he starts like, morphing the other accusations towards them as well that he's made towards the other wives eventually. But here we are with starting in on Janelle that she's just been too independent and doesn't make an effort to be a partner to him. But then Janelle throws it right back at him because she's like, look, I do ask for things. I have asked for things in the past and it goes ignored. So I decided to be my own hero and step up and do this. I loved that. Because it was such a dig at Robin. It was. This was absolutely a shot at Robin's number one New York Times bestseller, Becoming Sister Wives, where she found her inner She-Ra. Robin, not Janelle. Robin did, allegedly. (laughs) But even though basically Robin was just waiting for Cody to swoop in and solve all of her problems. Well, in the early seasons, that's what Janelle's criticism of Robin is, is that She doesn't like that Robin plays the damsel in distress. So we're finally saying it again. I love it. Also, we're getting to see footage where Cody is just so completely out of touch with this marriage. He doesn't even agree with Janelle on what this argument is about. It's the same thing that was going on with Christine, where they were having an argument and they weren't even agreeing on what they were disagreeing about. Seems to be the way conversations go with Cody. So he's got to lay things out for her again. Be loyal to me. Respect me. Basically, conform to the patriarchy. And we can have a relationship just like Robin and I have. And that's like not going over very well. So then he kind of soft launches a breakup and says, maybe this isn't a good fit anymore. Maybe it doesn't work. Yeah. Cody's default decision now is just divorce. That's the default option because of all of his conversations with Christine now. So he's worked in maybe this just doesn't work into his vocabulary. That was an ultimatum, right? That's what he's telling her. You have to do this. To get this. Otherwise, you could be miserable and leave. Shape up or ship out. Yeah. (laughs) He pretty much broke up with her in this conversation. And her face, she just looks so disheartened by that because she heard the subtext that we heard as well. And that's when she says, well, I guess the rules have changed for me. And then she goes into this whole thing about how you always acted like I was a good wife. And she's confused about why all of a sudden he has all these grievances about the way that they have had their marriage be for nearly 30 years now. Yeah, because... It's interesting to question if they're compatible. And even Janelle has had those thoughts too now of if they are still compatible currently, current day. But even flashing back to the photos of little Janelle, Taylor Swift version of Janelle, (laughs) 
where she's out there, they had a functional marriage. They did. Out of all of the marriages, theirs was just the baseline operational one that was functioning. But Cody doesn't even want to agree with her on that. And it's like, how can you say that it hasn't worked for the past 30 years when clearly it did? Because Cody likes to rewrite history. Yeah, We've true. seen him do it before. That's what he's doing here. And he also knows that he's asking her for something that she can't give him. The other thing is, he's learned his lesson. He says that he doesn't want what happened with Christine to happen here. Normally, that would mean for a normal, sane person to say something like that. The intention behind that statement would be, Christine left, and I don't want to lose another wife. I don't want to lose Janelle the way that I lost Christine. I don't think that's what he meant. I think he meant that Christine left him, and he doesn't want Janelle to leave him, so he's just going to have to kick her to the curb first. Well, that's a good point. He's always talking about the rejection that he felt, and we know that's something, if he is a narcissist, narcissists hate rejection. So it would make total sense that he would be the one to try to reject her first. This is the point where we've clearly been talking about breaking up. We've been hinting at divorce, leaving, rejection. We've covered all these different things. And Cody is so confused why Janelle thinks that he's talking about a breakup. (laughs) I know. I laughed at that. (laughs) Dude, that's exactly the way this conversation is coming off. Also, it was really sad before that when she starts, she's realizing that that's where this is going, right? At least that's how I interpreted it. And she starts talking about how like, well, you're my best friend and you're the person that I want to tell things to. And you could tell he he didn't say anything back. He kind of like just word saladed. He doesn't feel that way about her. Right. It's not mutual. No, that's the way he feels about Robin. And only Robin. So Janelle has to remind Cody, we still have Savannah. She's 17, in case you're losing track of (laughs) which kids are still around. But we are on the cusp of empty nest. And you know what happened when Mary went and her nest emptied out. So we got to be careful here because I don't think Cody knows how to navigate a marriage that's in empty nest status because he's never done it. I don't think he wants to be left alone with these women. Him and Robin, yes. He wants to be an empty nester with Robin. He does not want to be that with Mary or Janelle. Certainly not. But I don't think Janelle wants to be alone with Cody either. I think she's starting to realize that now as well because she was even saying, I have affection for Cody. But I don't even know if I can call it love. Like everything that they were telling us in this episode, it seemed like all roads lead to divorce. There wasn't a lot to inspire hope. Even when she says like, look, we've got to redefine our relationship. And he's just like, all right, I want to eat something before it gets cold. (laughs) That was the only thing that I respected Cody for saying (laughs) was that he wasn't going to let that food go to waste on the table. I just thought it was ridiculous that she suggested they work on their marriage because Cody hates working on his marriages. He doesn't do that. He avoids doing that at all costs. No, working on your marriage means the wife works on the marriage. The wife adapts to whatever the man is doing. That's what he means when he says that they need to work on their marriage. Oh, yeah, because then he says on the couch, if she's a strong enough woman, she'll help him heal from the heartbreak of his divorce. So apparently it's Janelle's job to help him manage his own emotions. He can't tell Janelle that he's dealing with a heartbreak but he needs her to fix that for him as soon as possible. If that was something that Janelle was asking Cody for, just like emotional support in any way, I feel like that would be ignored. Yes, that's that was Christine's main complaint. Right. So that's what I'm saying is it's just interesting to have that as a set standard, but then not be able to provide that to your spouse. He keeps drilling it into her like, 
<laughs> not in a good way, that, <laughs> that she's pretty much been a bad partner, that she's not loyal. And she's like, that's funny because I thought that I was acting like a married partner to you the whole time that we were married. Well, again, yeah, the clarification point here being that Janelle doesn't like that there's an expectation now that he is setting, that you have to behave the way that Cody prescribes in order to have this work between them because she thought she had already been doing that. That's the major disconnect in this conversation. Well, I think, too, part of why this isn't working right, is because everybody defines marriage differently and how they see their marriage working. And it takes two people agreeing on that approach. And he is now defining marriage and a life partner in the way that Robin defines it. And that's not the same as the way Janelle defines it. So now it's an issue with Janelle, even though it wasn't before because he was on the same page with her about how they were approaching life. Well, and here's the thing. He's been married to Robin for 10 years, over 10 years. A baker's dozen. (laughs) (laughs) So why is this just now becoming an issue that needs to be addressed so immediately? Has it been this bad? Because then that's what Janelle's throwing at him. So we haven't had a functional relationship. We haven't been in a good place for this long, even the last 10 years. Well, then he starts getting really petty, right? Because now he's starting to list all the ways that she's acted like a single woman and not been a good partner to him. Like she's not willing to stay home on the holidays to hang out with him and Robin and Robin's kids. What the fuck? You know, what a bitch. But then we hit the real top three hot button issues for Cody and his (laughs) marriage with Janelle, which is RV, seeing kids for holidays and dogs in beds. The dogs in bed things like, man, now we're really getting low here because see, Cody needs a woman who will literally kick a dog in the face to get it out of his bedroom. (laughs) If you haven't seen it, get on TikTok. (laughs) It's out there. It's it's out there. Yeah. Robin kicking Mary's dog in the face. I couldn't believe it when you told me last week and then he sent me the link and I was like, no, that's that's what the fuck that is. So that's Cody's speed. That's his level now. That's where he's at. And he doesn't want to live in the RV. And he has to come up with more reasons. He's just piling it on. She's willing to compromise. She's like, look, I can think of you more. I can consider you a little more when I make these decisions. Oh, I'll give you that much. Okay. Then she gives him an out by saying, do you still want the plural family? And we don't get a clear answer. He just says, I question it all the time. And then it's almost like Janelle is scared of that answer because then she says, I do too. And then before he can elaborate, she starts rambling on. But then we get to the real heartbreaking question here that Cody has prepared. And this was 100% a Robin question right out of Cody's (laughs) mouth. Because he asks Janelle, why is it easier for you to be friends with Christine instead of with Robin right now? Friends with our enemy, but not sweet Saint Angel Robin. Then she has to explain, like, well, I have a bond from raising children with Christine. I didn't do that with Robin. I didn't have the time to do that with Robin. Well, and just on general personality, probably, too. Just say you don't like her. I don't like this woman. It's not a compatible thing. Maybe you should have checked with your wives before you were going to add somebody else to the equation here. Like, to be honest, I wouldn't befriend her if I just met her in real life outside of this family. No, that's fine. Yeah, you don't have to like every single person you meet. Well, and they've told us there are lots of situations where sister wives aren't friendly with each other, really have zero relationship with one another. So what's the big deal aside from it hurting Robin's feelings? 
I just thought it was weird too. Where somehow this was Cody getting jealous of Christine as well too for making this mess of a plural family and then leaving right as it's about to fall apart. And it's like, dude, what? She was the third wife in. What do you mean she made the mess? Dude? I don't know. He blamed her for the shit storm and then she's skipping away from it. And it's like, first of all, just say you don't want to be in plural marriage anymore. And you're jealous of the fact that she had an easy out in your opinion and you don't. But she didn't create all the problems. Because for Cody, the wives just get to leave him. But in order for him to stay with Robin, he has to leave three other wives. So it's really hard to do that. I don't think that she did herself any favors here by trying to defend Christine by saying that they all con- contributed to the shit storm. I think that'll come back to bite her in the ass. But uh, she's got loyalty to someone. Yeah, loyalty to people who deserve it. But Cody has to circle back on, he knew that Christine called him a coward last week and he admitted that he was. But now this week he isn't a coward, actually, because he didn't want to quit. And he definitely didn't want to divorce on his record, which I thought was a really weird way to state that. He's worried about when he gets up to, you know, their their planet, their celestial kingdom. Ah, yes. But I thought in the long run, why would he say no to this? It's just going to be something else that you can bond with Robin over. <laughs> but Cody's still wounded by the fact he's going through a divorce and his current wife doesn't care about his status right now, his feelings, but she does care about his ex-wife in that equation. Again, we're not using names because we got to keep it vague. We don't want the audience to catch on. Subtext here. You know, let's see. Let's put your money where your mouth is, Cody. And let's see how much you're actually willing to put in, how much effort you're going to put into fixing your marriage with Janelle. I predict it is zero. Don't hold your breath. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Now, after 20 long months of avoiding COVID and us suffering through every moment of it and just wondering, when is the day going to come that COVID strikes the home of Cody and Robin? Today is the day because Brianna is patient zero and everyone is going to start getting sick one by one. So it looks like Robin and Brianna both go down. They, they are symptomatic and it's not looking good. We all went out to go get COVID tested yesterday. Brianna did come back positive, but Cody and Robin came back negative. But Robin has all the same symptoms as Brianna, so they have to assume that they all have it at this point, which is Cody's medical opinion that he <laughs> has COVID. Well, you know what? At least they're all staying in the house. Let's give him that because 
They don't know how they got COVID. Maybe it was from school. Maybe it was from one of Robin's many shopping trips. Who knows? It could have been from anywhere. Thank God Christine had already moved away. She wasn't around to blame it on. Now, I lost it when we got the shot of Robin zipped up in what I assume is Cody's hoodie. The same one he gave Isabel when she went to surgery. The Spartan Arms hoodie. Yeah. The (laughs) shitty hoodie. Like, does he think it has like healing properties or something? Worked for Isabel. It'll work for you, Robin. She's coughing. Doesn't sound much worse than the cough I have right now. And yes, I'm going to shit on her for this because it gets worse as the episode goes on. And also she kicked a dog. So I don't really feel that bad for her. They have headaches. They have chills. They have a fever. They have restlessness, aching. Basically, they have COVID. Oh, as soon as they cut to her, I was like, Robin probably would be the most annoying person to have COVID. To be sick in general. To just be in in and around (laughs) her when she has COVID would be the most miserable thing. The other issue, a symptom that is unrelated to COVID, she's starting to worry about everything in her own words. And I think that's that's the problem that ensues from here. Right. I That was my first guess, was that she had been so worried about getting COVID that when she did, she was going to have anxiety on top of it. And then what are your symptoms for that? Shortness of breath, panic attack. It feels like you're having a heart attack. Feels like you can't breathe and you have to go to the hospital. So a lot of those things are really going to freak you out when you did test positive for COVID as well, even though she didn't. Also, if you're a person who has panic attacks, the feeling of not being able to breathe is really not an enjoyable feeling for you. So to be breathing like that, like the whole time you're sick, is going to set your body off to think you're having a panic attack. So I don't know. I have a feeling this had a lot to do with anxiety for Robin. Do we think that Brianna was actually following the rules at school? Because that's what Robin made sure to attest to, that that was so strict policy of masking and social distancing at school. I don't know. I mean, look, there's so many ways that you could get COVID that who knows really where it came from. I'm shocked they didn't blame truly. When she said that she didn't think that she'd ever get it, you had to think maybe she's not following the rules as close anymore. But Robin's kids can do no wrong until they bring COVID in the house. But I thought it was hilarious too, where Cody thinks it's just insane. How they avoided this for so long, and now it's here. And it's like, well, yeah, you stopped taking precautions. We just saw you two weeks ago dancing your ass off at a wedding reception in Oklahoma. (laughs) So, yeah. Now, Cody does keep to his word, right? He had told Janelle that he would have to come to her house and take care of her and all the kids if they got COVID. He'd do that for her, but he is going to keep his word for Robin. He's up in this house taking care of everyone because now not only... Are Robin and Brianna sick? Now Dayton's got it. Saul and Ari have fevers. Basically, everyone's got COVID. Oh, that was immediately my thought was, how useless is Cody going to be taking care of everybody else in this household? I would love to see footage of this. Anything that would help. So now we have Cody taking his temperature, hoping he has some more symptoms just so he can avoid doing anything else around the house. (laughs) He's trying to get out of taking care of everyone. He's trying so hard, and he has now swiped, and it's 99.8, I think. Which he proclaims is a fever. And we know he's the expert on fevers. And at this point, when he started going into all of his different symptoms that he's had and stuff too, I had to stop and ask myself, does he have it? (laughs) When he was comparing it to a deadlift? Yeah. Like being sore from a deadlift? Because I was like, he's saying... He feels sick and he feels all these symptoms, but he also said that he didn't test positive 
His main thing that he keeps complaining about is that he can't sleep, which that can be a symptom of depression. And anxiety. And anxiety. I think that Cody confuses COVID with depression a little bit. I don't know. Later on, he did have like labored breathing when he was in the car. Again, anxiety. He lost his comfort blanket. Robin went walking into the hospital all alone. We'll get to that. I have a feeling he refused to go back and get tested because he refuses to be reported to the CDC as a statistic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He has to keep those numbers down and he doesn't want them to uh, put a, a tracker on him. The film crew is so desperate for this footage that they are filming through the windows of the house. Which is easy to do because there's not a single goddamn curtain in that house. My God, you are on television, people. Aren't you worried about strangers, weirdos being able to see straight into your house at night? If you're not, you should be. I didn't mean that to sound like a threat, though. (laughs) Blinds are very important. Cover your windows, y'all. Stop buying gumball machines for two weeks. You could afford drapes. And buy curtains. As part of talking about how terrible his case of COVID is, he's talking about how he didn't know what day it was. And then he says, I talked to Gabe to gather information. Yes, because by this time, if you couldn't tell, this is day six of COVID in the house. And Cody is full Jack Torrance in The Shining. He's losing his goddamn mind. (laughs) Also, haven't you been gathering information on COVID for almost two years now? Like, why does it seem like none of them had any idea what getting COVID was going to be like? Yeah, why didn't you call the nanny? Or the family doctor. She was your first source of exposure, so you think she'd have some experience. It's There's not that much to it. Stay hydrated. Take Tylenol. Rest. Go to the hospital if you have issues breathing. That's it. But he can't rest. He has restlessness. So he's got to call Gabe for some advice because Gabe had COVID back in January. It wasn't a big deal. He lost his sense of smell. That was about it. So Cody happens to pick up the phone and give Gabriel a little ring-a-ding-ding right on October 11th for some COVID advice. And that date is important to remember because it just so happens to be his son Gabriel's birthday. God. I mean, really, this was heartbreaking, but also, wow. Like, (laughs) what a piece of shit this man is. He's only calling Gabe because he now is trying to evaluate how bad everyone is in the Shira Chateau. How sick are we? Apparently, he never called Gabe when he was sick back in January to ask like what his symptoms were, how he was feeling. But he wants to know that now, 10 months later. Because it has use to him now in this moment. And you're exactly right. He was trying to build his case, his defense, by saying he was so out of it. He was so sick. He didn't even know what day it was. He didn't know what year it was. But after seeing Gabe break down and cry on the couch, I don't think that's going to hold up. Unforgivable. He's been breaking this kid's heart for two seasons now, three seasons. Well, because Gabe made a point to say he intentionally did not tell Cody that it was his birthday just to see if he would remember. And he didn't in that conversation. They hung up. They ended their COVID discussion And then Cody called back later in the day, tried to tell him happy birthday, but the damage had already been done. Yeah, that's too late because let's guess like how many people texted or called Cody and were like, you dumb fuck. Gabe is really upset because you didn't wish him happy birthday. And that was the last time that Gabe has talked to Cody. Yeah, when he said that was the last time I ever talked to my dad, I was like, oh, they went no contact. He's not talking to him either. I think Gabe and Garrison are out. 
Well, speaking of no contact, let's go over to Mary's. As usual, no one tells Mary anything. What it sounded like to me was that the crew told her that Robin wasn't feeling well, so she texted her, and then she found out that their entire house had COVID. Couldn't believe it. Well, everyone but Aurora. Let me correct that. Oh, right. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Aurora has not experienced this. We'll get into that a little bit here in this segment. But Mary was just shocked at how exhausted Robin sounds just from talking. But doesn't she like, isn't it like kind of... Isn't isn't that normal? Isn't that always (laughs) the case though? Because, okay, if you got to think about it, we're talking about a lot of brain fog just to fight through to get some words out at this point. Because you have your COVID brain fog and then you have your Robin baseline amount of brain fog. And that's just astounding. Should have been studied by science. Right, because then Cody's going down his whole list again. I think this was when he went into the workout description, the deadlift. Back at Robin's house, again, Aurora has barricaded herself in her bedroom downstairs. The minute she saw that these bitches had COVID, she was like, forget you. Every man for themselves. I am going down in my room. I'm using the escape hatch door out to my car. But after 10 days, she just can't take it anymore. And she comes upstairs and she cries as everyone cries back at her from across the room. And what was really fucked up about this was Cody going on about how hard it was to be separated from Aurora for 10 fucking days when he definitely didn't see his child who had a surgery for, what, six weeks? Eight weeks with quarantines. And has gone, obviously, numerous weeks and months at times see without seeing his other kids. Right, because that's what I was going to say. 10 days, that's just a little vacation. That's not even a honeymoon, you know? This morning, I'm like, fuck you, Cody. Whenever he tries to blame the wives for the kids not liking him or having an issue with him, this is why your kids have an issue with you, Cody. It's your own actions. Well, he just doesn't like being held accountable. And I think that's the, the main issue that's going on here. Right, but he wants wives to be accountable. Of course, to him. Everybody has to be accountable to him, and he doesn't have to be accountable to anybody else. Now, it's been a week and Robin has had COVID still. It's not really seeming to be getting much better, even though Dayton and Brianna, who are decades younger than her, just want to point out, have basically nearly recovered by now. So it seems like they're starting to worry about how sick Robin actually is. Everyone else is over it, but Robin isn't, which that's pretty much just a summary for the entire series right there. (laughs) That for some reason, their doctor says to bring Robin to the hospital. Which, why though? And I know this was supposed to be the high drama point of the episode, but I just couldn't stop thinking about how the emergency sign at the hospital looked like the Hooters font and the colors. <laughs> and so it really took me out of it. Oh, no. oh, God. Well, this really gets bad, right? Because let's talk about how insensitive this all was presented to us, because there are people who actually really lost family members, friends, et cetera, people they knew from COVID. And they're really playing this up as though Robin is going to die of COVID and that we should be that concerned for her. And from what we see, it does not seem like the hospital seems that concerned for her. Well, what do those doctors know? Cody knows that he's sad. He can't <laughs> go in with Robin. He's just blue. He's blue. Can't be sad. He, he's just blue. But he almost wanted to check himself in just so he could stay with Robin. Well, that's not the only reason, because also he's having trouble breathing, too, but he doesn't want to admit it. I thought that he sounded worse than Robin sounded. Yeah, he was talking about 
Going and getting his lungs scanned. I'm not saying that he should check himself into the hospital because that was absolutely appalling that he would suggest that just to stay in the hospital and be near Robin, he would check himself in falsely complaining about something that wasn't really a huge issue. Well, they would have separated them anyway. But that's the only reason he didn't do it. That was the reason why he didn't do it. (laughs) My God. Because otherwise he would have. But there's no favoritism here. He did mention something about Robin passing out. Robin's been passing out. I was like, is that why she went to the hospital? I guess. But yeah, has that just been is that an anxiety thing too? I got a feeling that Robin just faints on a regular basis. She's like a Victorian era woman. Yes. You got to loosen up the corset. She got a lot of fainting couches. There's got to be one up there in the Shira Chateau somewhere. Bought it on Wayfair. <laughs> anyway, we don't really get more details on that. But Robin's been feeling bad. So bad that she's got the energy to film herself in the hospital. Bad. Yucky. Bad. And she's been there for seven hours, which is a long day for Robin. That is a shift that she has never worked in her life. To just be sitting there for six or seven hours in a waiting room? And she just doesn't have good enough connection to Wi-Fi to be on Pinterest. So what is she going to do with all that time? Man. She's on no form of oxygen at all from what we could see. She's definitely breathing a little hard it's a little labored but it doesn't sound that terrible again she's filming herself and taking calls from cody so she must be somewhat okay she's describing it where taking a breath is a struggle you feel like you can't get the oxygen that you need so then you have to take deep breaths and then it really hurts to take deep breaths yes that's covid it hurts when you breathe so that's what's going on and now all these tests are coming back The doctor finally showed up. Yeah, it sounds like your lungs have COVID because guess what? You have COVID. (laughs) Surprise. I've got a diagnosis you weren't expecting. You have COVID. Confirmed. (laughs) She's clearly not in as bad a shape as she's claiming because they release her from the hospital after these tests are done. Because everything's coming back okay. Yes, you do have COVID. Yes, your lungs sound yucky, but you're okay overall, which is a pretty bold statement from those doctors. Plus, the kids know, because they've been programmed into anxiety, that even though mom's getting discharged from the hospital, she can come home and get worse. Mom could die. (laughs) And when they said that, it was like, oh, your brain works the way my brain works. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, y'all need some Xanax over at the Shira Chateau. (laughs) Now, Cody's actually getting worse after Robin returns home. But most of his symptoms seem mental. Anxiety, brain fog, stupid. He's kind of getting depressed, which Brianna cries about. We hear everybody talk about like what a bright, sunny, optimistic personality Cody has, which is really funny. (laughs) Yeah, how COVID has robbed him of his positive disposition that we normally see. What show are you guys watching? (laughs) Also, like how bad has it been during the divorce? Because everyone is like, especially Brianna is acting like Cody's just been his normal self inside the house with them. And if Cody's worried about the anxiety, the brain fog, and the stupidness, are we sure that that's not just originating from Robin's house? (laughs) Is that just a side effect of being around that environment? Locked in that house for that long. That amount of time? We can't prove that it isn't. We skipped to three weeks later, thank God, because it would have been torture to watch these people drag out being sick any longer. How many cameos is that, though? Three weeks? (laughs) I actually think that was the day he was making cameos. I think it was. Because that looked familiar. It did. But then he goes like full Trump on us because he's going into how he defeated COVID. He's like a superhero now. He's got all this immunity. 
He's going to go live his life. He's not going to let this control him anymore. He's done running and hiding from this. COVID kicked his ass. He will give it that. But he's done. No more social distancing. None of it. Yes. This disease that we were worried about almost killed my wife. But we don't have to worry about that anymore. So we'll just go ahead and spread it to other people and let them run their risk now. Okay, that's where I felt like, so this wasn't about protecting anyone but Robin and her kids. Which then that's just the sweetest irony is that Robin is the one who got it the worst in the family. Did she really though? I feel like Cody got it the worst. I feel like Cody got it the worst. But then we get a weird story about, I don't know if this was just one of Cody's 99.8 degree fever dreams that he had (laughs) or what this was a metaphor for. But Cody vaguely remembers driving past Christine's house in a COVID stupor. (laughs) Like, were you behind the wheel? Where were you going? Yeah, he was driving around. He was just out there going, (laughs) as Robin says. So he felt like he was being choked. Maybe it was COVID. Maybe. (laughs) COVID. Maybe that's what he has. He didn't test positive for COVID, but he did test positive (laughs) mentally in his mind for COVID. So he feels like just the energy of the house came out and was choking him. He's getting all upset that somebody else is living in his house that he spent that he spent three days in the past five years. But you know what it was? It wasn't COVID that was choking him. It wasn't the uh, energy that was lingering around Christine's house. It was his hoodie. So he had to pop that baby off and he had to put on that sick jacket. That he's got now. He's rocking leather jackets. He's a leather jacket guy now. Another thing Robin spent money on. (laughs) And again, just maybe the hoodie, was that just, again, attached to its failed fatherhood? So then it's also failed marriage too. his hoodie symptoms. Is that what's going on? I don't know. The first thing I thought when everyone kept talking about how depressed Cody was, it was like, no shit. He's been left alone with his own thoughts for weeks. He's not in a good spot. He's not a man with good thoughts. And then we got to the point in the episode, which I think this was a series first. Correct me if I'm wrong. But there was a sepia tone flashback in this episode of footage that we saw less than 30 minutes ago in the same episode. (laughs) That's a record. I think I. What was the footage of? Janelle's lunch where they were talking. Okay. (laughs) At the uh, Fat Olives. (laughs) Because this is where Cody feels rejected by Janelle. Oh, yeah, this is where he starts staring at the family pictures and thinking about how much he fucked everything up because he's destroyed his whole family over COVID. And he knows that COVID was part of the catalyst for Christine leaving. And suddenly he realizes he maybe should have done this a little bit differently. Cut to Robin, who tells us now she understands. Because Cody's a genius, right? And Robin's just following his lead. And that's been her story on this the whole time. She now understands why they had all the rules they had. Because Cody was right. This just isn't something that you want to get. I like when Cody had the self-realization here. Maybe he hasn't been dealing with his emotions about his divorce with Christine in the way that he probably should. Correct. That's why you were depressed for weeks after you had time to think about it. That's what this is, man. This isn't COVID. This is COVID. This is not a man who reflects often. And I think he had just enough time with nothing else to do, wasn't distracted by anything. To actually think. And that did not turn out well for him. So he's got a lot of regrets now. He's realizing, man, we didn't live. So now he's going to try to save his family. But apparently that only applies to Robin. 
Specifically, yeah, saving Robin and her kids. Not not the entire family. You can't save everybody. But the good news is COVID can't kill Robin, and it sure as hell can't kill Halloween. Well, this was weird, too, because I thought that Cody just went on a whole rant about how they're going to start living their lives. They've missed out on a lot of stuff. There's more that they need to be doing. Go be together. Life. Yeah, like so, like they were going to go do something together and like get the family back together, like try and do something more focused. And it's, no, no, no. I'm just going to do trick-or-treat at Robin's house with Robin and the kids. Literally just to the doors of Robin's house. We're not going to go anywhere. <laughs> we're we're going to stay in the house with our family, the real family. Now, the most jarring thing is the costumes, right? Right. So we have Cody dressed up as King Tut because it gives him an excuse to wear eye makeup. <laughs> you think that was it or it was because he got to be an absolute ruler? I think there was some subtle undertones there. <laughs> <laughs> but that also means that Robin gets to be Cleopatra. Of course, because these two people, King Tut and Cleopatra, that's a classic love story that everybody knows. Two people who live 1,300 years apart. <laughs> <laughs> but the nerve, though, as well, to, to go as Cleopatra for Halloween this year, now... I'm offended. Robin's not in her prime. Oh, God. Oh, oh okay. Oh, oh. <laughs> Someone on our Discord from oh, the Patreon boy. thought that this was Dayton dressed up as <laughs> Cleopatra. And once you see it, you will never unsee it again. I Okay. My favorite part was how they threw this in at the end of the episode just to try and gloss over it like we weren't paying attention. Like we weren't going to talk about this for 10 minutes on its own. <laughs> this gave us the most gems of the whole episode. This whole segment that was just throw away, tuck it in at the end. And it was like, no, this is what I'm here for. This is why I still watch the show. Everybody else is jumping on board for all the marriage issues, all the divorces and stuff. No, no, no. I'm here for Cody dressed up as King Tut walking Robin's children around their own house to trick or treat. And trying to open the doors. I don't understand why they did this because they could barely get the doors ajar. There's so much crap stuff behind all of them. They're trying to shove boxes and pulling the doors back. Now, was there visual confirmation? Because people were mentioning on the Discord, too, that somebody saw there was movement, somebody coming out of the RV at Robin's house. Yeah. So when they I think it was when they were at the door that Brianna was at, you could see off to the side of the screen that somebody and it looks like they're dressed in a costume to me has come out of the RV and is walking in that direction. And later on, you see that person in the reflection of the door, like the glass of the door. I'm assuming that's Dayton and that Dayton was participating in the family trick-or-treat Halloween thing just like everybody else, but we didn't see him filmed. So I guess he lives in the RV. Okay, yeah, because some people were thinking maybe it was people on the crew or... I don't think so. Something like that as well, too, but that would mean that Robin would have to have Farrah Abraham teen mom rules where the crew's not allowed to step foot in the house. You need to have a porta potty outside. They have to have a bathroom and their own accommodation separate from their estate. No, it really looked like there was a person in a costume. Like there was a cape and like, a, I don't know, like something on their head too. So I think it was him dressed up. And Cody's confessional footage shirt was hanging outside of Robin's door. So just right outside of her closet. Why? It gets a nice fresh scent when it's hung outside to dry. I think that's it. Cody wants to smell like the outdoors. Like he's always come in from being outside. <laughs> but... Yet another episode where we are ending with Cody singing Robin's praises for being 
such a great mom and getting him on board with doing all these fun things like this for the kids, even though he doesn't want to and doesn't like to. This was actually really sad because this past Halloween, Christine had posted an Instagram story about how she didn't know that dads participated in Halloween. And meanwhile, this is what Cody did with Robin and her kids. Enjoyed Halloween, something that he never did with any of the other kids or their moms, apparently. Next episode, which wife is next, is the name of the episode, which is very important, or at least it seems like it should be important. While Christine settles into her new life in Utah, the remaining wives and Cody have another tense conversation at Robin's. Janelle feels Cody is making her choose between him and her kids, and they reach a breaking point. Another breaking point. Two breaking points in one season. Can't believe it. Now, we don't know if this is the last episode of the season and then we have a tell-all episode or if we're not going to have a tell-all at all. Because all we can tell is there are two more episodes on the TLC schedule. There's one next week and there's one on December 18th. And then on Christmas Day, there's some type of Dr. Pimple Popper special, which I sure as fuck won't be watching. Sorry, TLC. So we'll see how this season pans out, but we seem like we are getting close to the end here. And we'll be here to talk about all of the rest of the Brown family antics with you up until the very end. Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast or leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to chat with us about the episode on our Discord channel by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash survivingpod. Stay tuned, share with friends. See you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.